performance on demand podcast number 47 Welcome to Performance on Demand podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. What, 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 what's up? You were a little quick on the draw there. What's up, Jeremy? <laughs> Five, four, I know. <laughs> you still talking? <laughs> I know. Well, the good thing is, is that, you know, actually, when we first started in this podcast, I, I beat myself up every, um, every, uh, I would literally go through the podcast and take them out. And <laughs> it, I mean, we did them all the time. And then I finally was like, you know what? That's ridiculous. Screw because, it. Well, because, you know, people are going to listen to us and they're going to think, good God, I mean, everything's just like perfect. And. Well, that's not who we are. So um, you're, you're going to get us just like we recorded. I'm not going to edit a thing, including redoing that intro, which was really pretty bad. It was horrible. <laughs> it, it was, was bad. It, it was. It was. Oh, uh, what's up, Jamie Brown? On the, flip side, on the flip side of that, it is. It is uh, early for by podcasting standards. Usually, it we're is? doing this uh, about 12 hours later than right now. Uh, on average, I think we've only done a couple of them early in the morning, and and they were when I was up there. So yeah, uh, we've got the coffee. We've exchanged beer for coffee. Craig's got a legit mug. Looks like Ashlyn made that mug for you. It I saw a name on the bottom with with love made with love by my daughter. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the name on the bottom. So that's yeah. uh, we got some coffee. We got some. Uh, I've been up for several hours. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee. So things could get really interesting. Wow. You've been up for seven hours and you've only had four cups of coffee. That's pretty impressive. No, no. I've been up for like two hours, oh, oh. Uh, two and a half hours, <laughs> I guess. And, uh, 30 minutes per. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's about the, it's about the intake rate. And yeah. by the time it gets cold, so I've got this, uh, ordered that, one of these, these cool mind right cups, right? Yeah. And I mean, where did you get that at? I don't know. It was like, um, mind right multisport.com. Yeah, mindrightmultisport.com. That's where I ordered it from. See, that's how tired you are right now. <laughs> I, no, I'm sitting there thinking because it's, to be honest with you, it's a shitty coffee cup. Is it really? <laughs> so it's just, it's really, it's really thin. Yeah. And so it holds down no- on a granite, yeah, it, it gets cold so quick. And so you set it down on the granite countertop and it like wobbles side to side. So it's not oh. even like symmetrical. So I'm, I'm looking for some different coffee cups. I'm thinking, but- well, I'm thinking you need to buy Yeti. You need to get like the Yeti koozies with your logo on them. Oh yeah, at thirty five bucks a pop. Let me get right on that one. Let me let tell me, you. Uh, let me tell you what though. I have to say, oh those uh, those things are. Freaking oh my legit. gosh, my mom. So my mom was telling me a story at Christmas. She says, "Yeah, I went to get you one of those Yeti coolers until I realized they were like three hundred dollars." And she was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, the koozie will be just fine." <laughs> right, and that koozie is freaking. It is. I mean, it, it is legit. We now, took it to the beach back in the summer, and your you could sit your beer in the sand in the sun, and your beer would not get not get hot like yep, it's yep. amazing and then apparently i guess an older version of the yeti koozie didn't have a rubber did yours have a rubber ring around the top yeah yeah okay so some apparently didn't i don't know I, I i thought it was a flaw um but some didn't have that little rubber ring on it that man it makes all the difference in the world and ding 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 around and all that stuff yeah yeah hey oh get unstuck yes. 
And this absolutely this snow. Good gosh, the snow. Uh, you're going to put in four wheel drive to get out of this crap that we're going to get and and can actually like half the country is getting it. Yeah, it's a it's a and it, I mean it's even it's I don't want to say unseasonably cold down here because it does get cold, but we got the tail end of the cold front that came through. And I mean, right now it's like 40 and, and with the wind chill is like 30, which is really cold for here. Well, it is really um, cold. Considering two days ago, I was in shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, actually yesterday I was in shorts and a t-shirt and it was like 72, 73. And so it's looking to warm up next week. And that's the advantage I guess to living down here on the Gulf is, you know, one or two days and it's the, with a good South wind and it's warm back up again. But right. I, uh, I'm looking outside right now and it looks pretty, pretty crappy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you said, you know, get unstuck. And I think it's a great time of year for us to talk about that because it's the time that we recreate habits. Like we discussed last week, you know, we start to kind of reestablish most athletes coming out of an off season and being stuck is a legit thing. Like it's, it's real. And it's, it's, it's tough if you don't have the right, right tools and, and tactics in place. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. So how do you, what, what do you mean? What, um, how do you get unstuck? Well, I think there's a lot to it, to be honest with you. Um, I think that I love just like, questions. just like in, and I love uh, interrupting you. Oh, of course. <laughs> not, not who's there interrupting Cal. Move, move. Uh, so anyway, um, getting stuck. And I think you want to define what stuck really means, you know, stuck a lot more often than not is a mental state. It's kind of like, it's like when a, a creek is, is flowing and there's a drought that comes through and it stops flowing. You get these little stagnant pools built up. Well, what's it take to get that creek going again? Well, it takes a good rain. And so that's kind of what we need to kind of flush ourselves out, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of people are coming out of holiday season, a lot of off season. There's uh, several of my athletes did the Houston Marathon a couple weeks ago. So they obviously trained through it. Now they're taking a couple weeks off. And again, it's, it's that recreating that process, getting, you know, getting that, uh, as I said the other night, um, you get that snowball rolling down the hill. That's how you create an avalanche, but you can't have an avalanche without that snowball. And sometimes that snowball, no matter how small it is, is, is tough to, to, to make and to get rolling. So being stuck is, um, it's not a fun place to be. That's for sure. What, what were you just saying? Uh, what was that? I'm sorry. I missed the whole, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you son. <laughs> uh, here's what I can tell you. Without a doubt, if you are stuck, it's mental. Period. It's mental. If you've been doing it and you can't do it unless you've broken a leg, lost a leg, ripped a a muscle or something, if there's no other reason outside of, you know, some sort of physiological problem, it's mental. And uh, you see it all the time. You see it with athletes. You see it with uh, people that, I'm sorry, you see it with people that are in business. You see it in life. They get stuck. And when they get stuck, the reason they get stuck is because their beliefs about whatever it is that they've been doing or are doing have changed to some level. So you may, you know, uh, I think the other day we were talking about self-efficacy. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, it's, it's, you mentioned it, you said it was, you felt it had to do with confidence and it does. It's, it's a pretty significant part of confidence. It is confidence essentially. It's just another one of the English language or the words that we use to 
uh, speak of confidence in, I, I guess, in a doctoral program. <laughs> but right. um, if, you, if you're not confident, if you've lost your confidence, you're going to get stuck. Yeah, you know, and that's – I had a conversation with an athlete the other day that did Ironman Arizona, and that's where she's at right now. It's like I want to do something, but I don't really know what I want to do. I don't know how to do what I want to do. And so we took it down to the very base level, and part of the issue with this athlete was there were no goals in place. There was no vision. You know, we've talked about it before. You get – especially those big races, you get to them. If you don't have a plan afterward – that's where I think that's when you can kind of get stuck. That's one great trap just to, to get you stuck. Brick wall. Brick wall. Yeah. And then you're standing there staring at the top of this wall thinking, well, I know I want to be on the other side, but shit, there's no ladder. I don't, I don't have a clue how to get over this wall. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times it does come, come from having quality goal setting um, times, you know, sure. or, or procedures rather. Yeah. And that's hard for, um, as focused as I am on goals and, and, and the importance of them, you know, I had an athlete the other day. It was one of Mondrite athletes that came to me with a, a little bit of a drop in performance right up uh, on the front side of a race. They were just 10 days out. And um, what they'd realized after having a conversation, there's a really brief conversation, actually, very brief. Uh, we we talked about a couple of things and I found out that this, this athlete had no plan afterwards, none whatsoever. And so they were seeing the completion, the closure of all of this effort, all this time that they had spent training for this event. And all of a sudden they see the end of the tunnel and there's nothing there in it. It's like a cliff. And so uh, that's why in, in many of the conversations we've had with, with our athletes and many of the conversations we've had on this podcast are about ensuring that you have not just one goal. If you have one goal, you don't have enough. You need two or three. And right. they need to almost, you know, it, you don't, uh, and it depends on the person. Uh, some people may complete a half Ironman and be fine with a 5K afterwards. And that's their next goal. But you're right. sometimes it, it ups the ante, and you don't always know that. Crescendo. Yeah. So make sure that that goal, that next goal, is a bit further out of reach. Right. You know, if you've never done an Ironman, then that's a bit out of reach. But you want that as a goal, maybe because that's you know that's what you want to do. Just right. because it's out of reach doesn't. Just because it's out of reach today doesn't mean it's going to be out of reach tomorrow. And then when you finish that, then you go to the next one, and, and that goal needs to be something that's going to pull you along as well if it if it's not pushing you it's not going to give you a lot of power that's that's you, you need that's a pill, so you need true a pillow i do i just i had a legit yawn right there that was money um you know and you say that and i, I i've been going over I, you know we've gotten a few new athletes in the past few weeks and you know i the first one of the first questions is what are your you know what are your goals for this year and what is your weighting of the goals like what What's the most important? What's least important? So on and so forth. Because from a performance standpoint, you got to plan around those and plan for those. And you know, I the more I think about it, we did a goal setting party on Tuesday night. We had probably about twenty people show up, and uh, I've actually got two pieces of poster board that everybody had to write their goal on, and they had to uh, tell tell the group about. It. They had to verbalize it. And I explained to them why verbalizing so on and so forth. It's like a, a probably an hour and a half to two hour event, and everybody had a lot of fun. But what I noticed is 
out of all the people there, only mm, maybe two or three people had a goal or a vision beyond the year of 2016. And so what I tell, what I, what I'm, what I'm, the more I think about it, the more I put these situations, the more I realize, you know, I wish more people had a three-year plan, a five-year plan, because, you know, when you start, let's just say you start a business, you don't come into it saying, okay, I want to, um, here's my goals. It's, and it's three months out. It's like, what are you going to do in three years? We're going to do in five years. And, and unfortunately, I think we've discussed this before, maybe on my podcast, talking about going back to my grandfather's time. We don't have that long-term vision anymore. We're definitely, definitely a here and now what can I do? Which is good. You want to stay in the moment, but you also want to kind of have a, a long-term vision, long-term plan. And I think when it comes to getting unstuck, I think that's a key component to that is knowing that there's more, knowing that you're not at the end of the line, you know, and, and uh, kind of on the flip side of that is um, understanding that it is a process. It's going to take you a long time to get there. You're going to have to take a week off. You're going to have to take days off. You're going to have to take, you know, rest periods, but getting going after that, what is, you know, what works for you to get you going after that? Is it group stuff? Is it, you know, is it slow introduction of things? Is it doing new things? What gets you going? And, and for me, that's one of the harder, harder parts as a coach is, is finding out what motivates each athlete because everybody's different. What makes you tick and what makes you want to do things is different than what makes me tick. To get me going again, I have to get my confidence in my abilities. Right. And so I have to, I have, to have a good set. Well, I have to get my ass off the couch go get on the bike to have a good set. Right. Right. Whereas for you, it it may be, you know, who knows what it could be, but everybody's a little bit different. And I think part of it is having a long-term plan, but part of it's also knowing what makes you tick your why essentially what, what really lights that fire under your ass. Is it, is it going to a race completely out of shape and getting your ass handed to you for you to say, Oh damn. All right. It's go time. You know, some people it is. And so I think that's, that's, for me, that's part of the formula of getting unstuck is knowing, knowing what makes you go, what, what fuels your fire. Uh, there was a, actually a friend of mine that sent me this picture, and she messaged it to me. And I'm going to read it to you because it, it kind of goes into what I'm about to say. The three type of people to surround yourself with, the inspired, the excited, and the grateful. Those are the types nice. of people that you need to – surround yourself with what I would extend that to is you're un- you're stuck potentially because of your environment. If you have shifted over to being around people that don't do what it is that you do, not to say that you ha- that you, you cut those people out of your life. I'm not saying that at all. However, everyone has their own agenda in life yes. and Everyone tends to like to draw you to their agenda. Right. And sometimes if, sometimes it lines up. Sometimes yes, it does absolutely. fit within your, within your mission. Yes. But not always. No. And you have no. to be <laughs> cognizant of that agenda. It's not, you know, um, for example, I spend uh, anywhere between probably 18 and 30 hours a week on homework. That's what I do. Uh, holy shit, I know, man. I know. I spend a ton of time. So, and, and it's not homework really from a PhD level is really just a lot of reading. I read a ton of literature uh, and I have to do a lot of bibliographies and I have to do a lot of synthesis papers and all kinds of other fun stuff. But if I choose to do what my friends want to do, I may go to B dubs and watch basketball, you know, football during the football season. I mean, there's all kinds of other things going on that I can allow myself to get magnetized to right 
in doing so, what happens with my work? What suffers? And then, well, right. And then it becomes a bit bit, over time. It's, Hey, that was a lot of fun. And then you're like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do more homework tomorrow and I'll do the other homework. Oh, then tomorrow comes. I don't have anything Saturday. I can do it all day Saturday. Right. And I'll spend all day Saturday and guess what happens? What does life love to do? Right. Throw a wrench in your wheel, (laughs) throw a wrench in your wheel. And Saturday, next thing you know, you're, you're battling a, a a blown up water heater. It's 30 degrees outside and you can't even take a warm shower. Right. Whatever. I mean, you just never know what happens. So it's, it's making those goals a priority, but at the same time, there has to be balance in your life to be able to go do those things, to have a little bit of freedom and flexibility. If you take all of the fun out of, uh, uh, out of your personal life, those goals can be a little bit more challenging. Absolutely. Just my, Absolutely. I think everybody needs to break away. You need to go do those things. Just make sure that they're scheduled in, an, in a situation in which at the end of the day, you're responsible for the, meeting these goals. And if you are in an environment that's not allowing you to meet them and pulling you away from those goals, well, you're going to get stuck real quick. Well, and, and I'm going to try to make a horrible analogy here because I, I, I really res- – I really I – really- attach myself to analogies because they, they make sense in my brain and hopefully work for somebody. But, you know, if you think about it, when you're, let's just think about work life, you know, everybody's got a job, right? So you're working, you're working, you're working, the grind is just beating you up. And so what do you do? You take a vacation, you take a week off, you go to a really cool place or you just chill out, whatever. Going back to work those that first week or two really sucks, right? It's like the post vacation blues. I've been at the beach all week and now I'm back to work. Yep. But with the consistency of getting back to work, it becomes the normal again, right? Sure. Right. So for me, when I think about it like that, I think about it as athletes coming off an off season or coming off of a break, a rest period or transition uh, transition phase, and it's that you take that time off and and you really want to do something and you get back to doing it and you realize, wow, this kind of sucks. I'm not sitting on the couch. I'm not watching Saturday morning cartoons. I'm not doing this brick ride. But once you put the consistency and the pieces in place, uh, you know that that kind of starts that motor again. And, and an example I'll use, I've got an athlete that absolutely loves to race. Like this girl would race every freaking weekend. If you let her, well, she's got long course dreams. It's really hard to, to race every single weekend. If you're racing long course, cause you don't really get in. It's debatable. You don't really get in true quality training if you're always racing. And so, uh, you know, she did, she did Ironman Florida, PR'd it, setting up Ironman Florida next year long season ahead of us long time before we get there so she's she's having an issue getting going again and that's kind of what brought me to this topic is she just can't quite find that motivation to go and she's a she's a fitness instructor you know so she works out all the time but she just can't find that love and so i told her i said in the next next six to eight weeks i want you to race a 5k every single weekend if you can i don't care what your times are i don't care how it feels i don't care what the weather's like go race it and so for her, that's, I think that's going to be the key to kind of restarting that engine. But it's, it's finding what it is you enjoy about what you're doing that empowers you to do it more consistently. Well, so it's, again, it's, it's finding what makes you tick. Well, it's kind of like friends who kind of fall in love over time. At first, right, yeah. they don't have any, I mean, it's like we're just friends. But then you start to, and, and, and you have maybe even no thought of having a relationship with that individual. But all of a sudden, over time, you're like, huh, I really kind of like this. That, that's what I tend to see people, especially running, because some of the people that I've, that I've friends with that run at one point hated it. But they yes. learned to love it, not because you had right. to learn it, but it's 
It was uh, a release. Well, when your mind tells you you hate it, what are you going to do? You're going to hate it. It's almost right. a, a bit of acceptance to say, you know, I don't have to hate things. In fact, right. you know, the absence of hate is love. So, I mean, pull the hate away. <laughs> Take your hater aid and get in the other damn room. <laughs> but, <Right. laughs> um, but, you know, especially, you know. And but you, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but, but to get to that, to that point, you have to do it consistently. You can't run once a week yeah. and expect to get a runner's high and fall in love. Like you have yeah. to commit and say, okay. I'm going to give this thing two or three weeks of consistent, true, honest effort. And if after that point in time, I don't like it, well, then I'll back off. Right. And that's, that's the way we approach new things is, all right, I, I don't really like it, but I'll try it and I'll give it a fair shake. And that's what I always ask people. Just give it a fair go. If it's not for you, hey, it's not for you. But you gotta, you have to do that. And, and <clears throat> athletes come in specifically out of the offseason, I think they forget why they love doing what they do. They forget how those endorphins feel. They forget – you know, the, the thrill of nailing a set or training with partners or whatever, but they have to mentally get themselves in a place to go, to go back and be consistent. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get a friend with you too. I mean, make, have somebody accountable, help have somebody that's struggles like you do potentially even, and you all bounce off each other. Hey, we got to go. You know, it's, it's that forcing of getting into the gym. It's funny you say that because with my example of, of that female athlete, I may or may not have thrown someone else to the wall and said, hey, you're, you're, you're to go with her and she doesn't make six to eight weeks. You, and, you, then from, and then from there, it was like some F-bombs and, oh, you guys suck. And, you know, but, but they'll do it. And that's the same thing. They'll feed off each other and it's a, hey, I'll see you on Saturday. I don't yeah. have any idea what you just said. It was actually, unfortunately, it was a bunch of feedback. I don't know what it was, but I did not get really – I didn't hear much of what you just said. I'm sorry. That sucks. You see this look on my face? This is unhappy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> just do it again. All right, so what, so what, what did you uh, just say just to make sure that the listeners heard you? No, I was just saying that uh, like you were saying about find somebody to hold you accountable. I the, – the athlete, the female athlete I was talking about that told to go race the next six to eight, six to eight weeks, I essentially contacted someone else local that, that, that uh, uh, is a mind ride athlete and said, hey, you're to go with this athlete every race she does the next six or eight weeks. And – those athletes essentially screwed each other into doing Florida. It was like, well, I'm doing Florida. If I'm doing it, you should do it. We could train together, blah, blah, blah. And so now they're both doing it. And, um, and so they're going to go race, you know, together. It's one of those things to where it's like, all right, I'll see you. I'll see you Saturday. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll see you Saturday. Cool. Let's go. And you kind of jumpstart that engine. And, and again, but it's, it's recognizing what as a coach, recognizing what makes the athlete tick, you know, you have to pay attention to your athletes. You have to be, um, cognizant of each each one of them ticks differently and that's that's kind of where you you utilize that that knowledge and experience of working with those athletes a lot of people think coaching is easy and, and to some level <laughs> oh, <sorry>. to, <laughs> to some level uh you know i would guess that it is uh to um some people i would think they probably have built some sort of template that they try to use for coaching but you know really coaching is very much um, it's very fluid. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. Um, it, and I'm not saying it's tough. I mean, we put coaches put themselves in these positions because that's what they love to do. However, coaches, there's a lot of work on coaches part. It should be to make sure that they know their athletes very well. Very, you know, well. You, yep. you say that Craig, and, and I, I catch myself from time to time, almost frustrated with the line of work that I do. 
And, and yeah, I am, I am ridiculously fortunate to have the athletes around me. I do in the support structure around me. And the fact that I can go for a training ride at 10 AM because I've got an athlete that needs to do it, or I need to get it in or whatever. I do have a lot of flexibility and, and, and that luxury, but you're right. I think to do it right. Um, to do it right. You have to have a sense of passion and commitment for the athlete and their success. And so, you know, I hear of coaches that have a hundred athletes. I don't know how they do it. Like you and I have had this uh, discussion before. Yeah, I don't before. get that. Good luck. You, you and I have had the discussion before. And for me, anytime I feel that I'm doing an athlete a disservice, it really, truly eats at me. It really, truly bothers me. If I, if I maybe didn't put together a strong enough race plan or I failed in leading up to the race or, you know, other things like that. So, and, you know, you're dealing with 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 different personalities 30 different lifestyles, 30 different mentalities, 30 different experience levels, 30 different goals. Um, and it is, it is tough. However, it is probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire life. But there are times where I just sit here and bang my head against the wall. Like, Oh shit, man, how, how am I going to continue to do this? You know, but it it's, um, and, and even, even in, in that regard, I get stuck in my job at times. I get sure. stuck you know, I get kind of in that rut is the only way I can explain it. And you and I've had that discussion and you've snatched me out of it a few times. Again, hold me accountable. And so, you know, I'm not immune from this. There's no way I'm immune from it. Even, even when it comes to my training, I'm not immune from, from being stuck. And luckily I've got a coach that will snatch me up and say, all right, dude, it's, it's go time. You know, it's yeah. time to do something. And so, <clears throat> and then working with you as well on the mental side of things, you've, you've helped me strengthen a lot and, and overcome uh, what I perceive to be barriers and just through talking to you, I realized, no, it's just an excuse. It's not a, it's not a barrier whatsoever. It's just an excuse. And so I, I too, get stuck. Yeah. What you mentioned earlier, you said you get frustrated. And we haven't really had a podcast on it. I don't know if it's really a big enough topic to have its own podcast. But the master of frustration and anger is expectation. And you know, if you never have an expectation, then you never get upset. You never get angry. I mean, I mean, you're gonna get angry about something, but generally speaking, from a from a uh, especially from a coaching perspective, you know, you have to have an expectation because you got a goal. I mean, you, we got places to be, and when athletes don't give everything that they have you know, every single day, that goal over time can be more and more challenging for to to actually accomplish. At least at least on the timeline in which has been stated, you know, and especially because. Uh, you know, Arizona's only one day. Louisville's only one day. You know, uh, Stillhead's only one day. So if you're leading up to that race, that's, I mean, that, that, there, there is a defined date with that. You, you can't wait another day. You know, it's like right. any other event. You, you can't wait. So from a coaching perspective, you, you, do need, you do need to have some set expectation. However, if they're, uh, if, if they're, if there's frustrations from it, the question then becomes is how bad do you really, you know, how, if you're getting stuck, how bad do you really want it? Let's reevaluate. Let's, let's talk about, you know, what are you putting in place of the training that you need? I mean, this is a, this is a, a, an endurance podcast and it's, that's the emphasis on it. And so I don't want this to be, you know, oh my God, this guy's saying you always have to think about your triathlon and you, you can't think about work. That's what I'm saying. Focuses triathlons or endurance sports. So in that regard, my, my advice is to outside of making sure that you're happy, your home life is happy <laughs> and your work life is happy outside of that. 
you got to balance that and make sure you're putting in the effort that you need. So, uh, because at, at the end of the day, I think a coach's frustration actually could even become, uh, it's, it's more of a, it, it's the pre frustration that the athlete's going to feel at some point because you're right. already seeing what's about to happen. They don't see it yet. They don't right. even feel it yet, but you're seeing the statistics. You're seeing all the analytics from training peaks or whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be bad. Yep. Yep. And, and, yeah, and athlete has no idea. Athlete has no idea yet. No. And you, you nailed it with it. And you know, I had a discussion about expectations and that's something that it's not necessarily uh, from, from my point of view, it's not necessarily an expectation of, I expect the athlete to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, but I could pretty much, tell in a build up to a race what that athlete could possibly do time wise, which at the end of the day, you know, my goal is to make sure that that lines up with what they've shared with me. Right. But a lot of times I find that those expectations can be tempered and that frustration can be removed or prevented sure. through one thing. And that is clear communication, uh, communication, communication of expectations, you know, because if I'm expecting them to go left and they go right, well, then all of a sudden it's like, what the hell just happened here? Right. You know, or an athlete says, okay, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And on, on Monday, I want to do this on Thursdays. I do this Friday. I do this. And you build it like that for the athlete. And the athlete calls an audible every freaking week. And you have given them what they asked for. Then you've communicated an expectation, but the expectation I don't think was accurate. You know, they're, 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 uh, portraying and I'm not going to kind of get on the tangent, but um, I think that's a podcast we do need to cover because you're right. And you've taught me that, that expectations are um, they can be trouble if, if I think if there's not clear communication, but you know, going back to the, to the being stuck, I think that to get out of that, you have to have goals and with goals or some form of expectation, which wherein lies clear communication with your coach, with your, with your spouse, you know, don't just start this and your spouse all of a sudden realizes, holy shit, they're going to be gone 14 hours a week training, or they're going to be gone six hours on the weekend, you know, right. Because if you don't have that support structure, I guarantee you, you get stuck real quick. Right. Well, <laughs> you uh, get burnout, whatever. That, that's a good point. So, you know, as an athlete, as you go to a, a coach, segue like a boss for the was, record, I know, right. I worked my ass off <laughs> for that one, but I got it. Well, he, he, yeah, you, you had that written down. I'm glad you read that so smoothly. Um, what, when you go to a coach and you create that goal, ask him what it's going to take. What is it going to take for me to do a full Ironman by the end of the year? And you're, and maybe you go, well, Craig, that's going to take more than you have. <laughs> or maybe you're going right. to say, well, that's six, you're going to need about 15 or, you know, 15 to 18 hours a week. That's what you need to give up. And so, if you're married and have children, that's the time to sit down with your wife or your husband and say, Hey, I need 16 to, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week to train. Is that doable? Right. And so then what you do is if not, then you adjust your goal. That's a still, that's still a goal. It's just a goal. That's a little bit further ahead. Just your goal to do something maybe a little bit smaller. That doesn't take as much time. Maybe it's eight to 10 hours or whatever it else it is. But no, I, I totally agree. And that's how you can help build the team you know involvement creation of a team comes from inclusion including them into the event it's asking instead of telling you don't you know i I see that a lot where people will will tell their wives or husbands what they're going to do and that never goes well instead ask (laughs) just ask hey i'd love to do this are you could you help me out could we could we find a way to make this happen and if you do 
then you've got support from uh, you know the best people so, on the planet. Let me ask you this then. So from a from a mental standpoint, give me a key to getting out of the cycle of being stuck. Because I think it is a cycle. It's that from my point of view, it's okay, I haven't been training much. And I go into a set and holy shit, that was hard. Man, I, I used to be able to ride this same route at X, Y, and Z. You know, you have these thoughts in your head, and then all of a sudden what happens? You're like, screw it, man, I'm out of shape. I'm not gonna do that set tomorrow. I'm 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 too tired. I, I just don't have, you know, you come up with all these excuses. So give me a tool, if there is one that you can think of, to get yourself to basically get out of your own damn way. Like how to get unstuck in, in that regard, because I think a lot of times it is being in our own way. Uh, probably more often than not, if I had to guess. So if you could, if you could walk somebody through an exercise, what would it, what would it look like? First thing I would do is say, what do you, these thoughts that you have? Cause you, you just, everything that you just said just a minute ago was an excuse. It was an, it was, a, right. it was a reason that I can't get something. And to me, the first thing I think of, and I don't like to say excuse because people take that almost personally at times. You're just making excuses. What, what do you mean? I'm making, what? I'm not making excuses. This is real life. No, the question really is, is your thoughts, they're going to be either an opportunity or an obstacle. So I want you to write down what you're telling yourself. And then I want you to come back in, in an hour and I want you to say, is that an opportunity or is it an obstacle? And if that's an obstacle, I need to get rid of it because it's in my way. Obstacles, all obstacles are created internally on some level. There's always some level of opportunity. Now, it may not be the, the full amount. You know, um, for example, you, um, you know, maybe you had a, a family that's sick that just popped. Maybe your, your son got sick or something. And so my opportunity of the day was I was going to spend three hours on the, on the, or on the bike, on the trainer. Well, I don't have three hours on the trainer cause my, my son's sick. Well, okay. So take care of the son. Where's the opportunity? He might lay down and fall asleep. If he falls asleep, I'm going to jump on the trainer real quick while he's asleep because there's nothing I can do while he's sleeping. And I'll spend for two and a half hours or two or, hours. Or 30 minutes. Or 30 minutes or something. But don't just shut it down because it, it appears that I don't have it because you really do. And then you just tell your coach, say, look, you know, my son was sick and I, did, I didn't have it. Uh, but I did get in 30 or 45 minutes and they're going to be like, man, you know what? You did a great job. Considering the circumstances, you created an opportunity of what most people would feel, feel as an obstacle. And I'm not just saying that's the situation, but is it an opportunity or is it an obstacle? Are you looking at the negatives or are you looking at the positives? And there's always a silver lining somewhere. Always. Absolutely. And, and to add to that, too, I would, I would also probably put in that same thought process is how much does that goal you set mean to you that yeah. requires you? to get on that bike for three hours or requires you to put in something because what happens is once we lose as, as Dick Vitale says, the big Mo, once the big momentum is gone, man, it's so hard to get that damn thing going again. That's mm -hmm. probably got to be the, it's like pushing a semi up a hill once it stops. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's how much does that mean to you? So it's like, okay, I can't get this in. Like you said, I, I can't get in that three hours, you know, circumstances, but I can get in 20, 30, 45 minutes. I can go over here and do a core set. I can do a strength set, whatever it ends up being. And if I think if your, if your goals are important enough to you, you will find a reason to make it an opportunity and not let it be an obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. The barriers within you now, I'm not saying you know, skip out on your family and 
your sick wife or, or anything like that. Sorry, babe. I'm out. Yep. I got three hours on the bike. Look, you can puke all day long. I'm going to go puke on the trainer. Me. Do your thing. I'm going to do mine. Get over it. Right. You know? right. Uh, I'm not saying that. that for you. <laughs> yeah. Take, As you're divorced and, and filing a lawsuit against performance on the man. That advice from, uh, from a single guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and not only that, but you know, we, 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 we're always seeking identity. And this is something we haven't really talked about much either, but we're always seeking some sort of identity. And we, when we don't feel like we have one, we can tend to attach ourselves to something. And if we are not doing something very well, that identity could be that we've just said, you know what, we're just, I'm just not very good. You know, I can't manage my time. Uh, my effort's not very good. My coach is always on me because I'm not getting enough power output or I'm not putting enough time on the, uh, in, in my shoes. I'm not getting enough pull time or whatever it is. And you can consume that identity just like someone who's overweight consumes an identity of being overweight. It, it causes them problems uh, in, in the ability to lose that weight. So right. uh, just be cognizant of, of those identities, those self-identities that you can attach yourself. And they can be kind of hard because they can, they can, they, they seep in the door kind of like water. They just kind of, next thing you know, that's who I am. And that's it, good, it, yeah. it, that's it, it can be very destructive and it's sometimes hard to see. Um, and that's, of course, that's part of what I do is, Making sure that when I when I coach athletes that they understand their identity is not, you know, really, if you identify as being a triathlete only, and something something happens, you lose a sense of self because maybe you know I mean life happens and maybe um, you know maybe something bad happens and you get an infection in your leg and you lose your foot. I mean I mean really unfortunate things happen. There's always ways around that. And I, you know, you see it all the time. The neatest thing in the world to see swimmers get pulled out of the water, and they're they're, they're you know they're amputated at, the, at you know at the hips, right? And they're they're I mean they're coming out of the water. So it's um, but anyway, I kind of got off on a tangent. Watch yourself identity. No, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Just watch your self identity because that'll pull you out of there quicker than anything. Because then you'll start believing that's who you are, that you're not good, and that you shouldn't continue because it's a waste of your or, time. Or, or you start believing that you are good and you should keep continuing. It's it's either direction. Yeah. yeah. On yeah. the flip side of that, if you if you know what your what your identity is, it, it can. Uh, that's a great point. It can actually propel you forward, um, and and make you really believe that that you can do what you can do. And and you know, a lot of times, I think, in, in kind of wrapping this up, I think one of the most frustrating things in endurance sports is getting stuck. I think in that time comes a lot of negative thoughts, a lot of negative energy, a lot of reflection on who you were. Yeah. And what I always tell, you know, what I always tell athletes, especially when I first start working with them and, you know, they're just coming off of a break or an off season or coming work, been working for a while, coming out of a transition period. And, you know, they, they do a workout and they're, Oh, I'm so out of shape. Oh, I'm X, Y, and Z, you know? And it's like, okay, look, we, in order, in order to move forward to who you're going to become, you have to accept who you are. Who you are does not define you. That's just your current fitness state. And that's okay. I granted, I know that you can't run, you know, you just ran a 26 minute 5k, you know, six months ago. I get that. But you've also had a lot of training. You've taken time off. You've enjoyed life and you're still in, if you look at the big picture, you're still in the top, you know, one, 2% of fitness in the entire country, if not the world, you know? And so 
if, if we look at it from, a, you know, I guess rose colored glasses, if you will, you, know, you, you look at it and you say, you know, I always tell them just appreciate who you are. The, the minute you accept where you're at is the minute that you can take a step forward right. to towards who you're going to become through this training process and, and towards your goal. So getting unstuck is very frustrating, but like Craig said, um, surround yourself with the right people, find yourself the right mindset, make those little notes, put them on your mirrors, put them on your speedometer on your car, reach out to people like Craig and I and access the tools that are available to you to help you get jump started again. Right. Well, as you said, that, that belief in who you are, you know, you could say, I don't have any time. So I don't, I don't do a whole lot. And so I'm not very fast. Or you could say, I'm a mother of three children and I still kick an Iron Man's ass. Cause at the end of the day, I'm still an Iron Man. Doesn't matter if it was 17 minutes and 29, you know, 17 hours and 29 minutes or whatever it may be. You know, the, the last person before they shut the lights off, Iron Man right. and Iron Man. And, yeah. and then of course the last thing I'll say as we wrap it up, there isn't really, um, the more I've thought about it, the more I really have started to believe it myself. And that is there really isn't such a thing as status quo. There really isn't this level that you just, you know, we, we often think about status quo. It just never changes, but that the fact is everything changes and it changes all the time. Uh, and, yeah. and, and it may be up and down. It may be, uh, you know, cyclical. It just kind of goes up and down, up and down, but it's always changing. And the main ingredient to that change is your perception of it. It's the, the thought is the thought positive or is it negative? If you're giving me an obstacle or a barrier, you're negatively thinking about it. But if you returned that kind of like you did a minute ago, you, you took what I was talking about, you made it a positive, then your results will be positive. Right. right. So it is, it is critical to get unstuck. It is critical to evaluate your thoughts, write them down and then debate them. Is it really yeah. true? And if it's not true, which I, I will almost bet you it's not, it's irrational. Um, in fact, people that get unstuck tend to get a bit anxious. Um, is to debate those, convers those, those conversations you have in your head, debate those out loud or on paper, and you'll find that you'll get unstuck. Solid. That's, that's really good. And I've seen, I've actually, I've seen you work through that, uh, that exact same type layout and protocol with, with people before and just watch how just the layers of negative thought process and doubt just peel away yeah. and it reveals, you know, their true core and really deep down who they think they are, but it's kind of, it's kind of shielded by all this other stuff. So that's yeah. Well, very, very solid. It's advice. all thought. It's all, I mean, we're thought driven, whether we think we are not, uh, right. your focus, your self-talk and your thought, those are the same creature in your mind and the result of that positive or negative interaction with yourself is going to be a direct or is going to be incorrect. It's going to direct you to become happy and excel or anxious, worrisome and have tons of stress in your life. Yep. All you have to yep. do is control that little box of self-talk, and, and I know I go, well, all you got to do is just talk good to yourself. And I, I get it because we don't always talk good to ourselves. But it's the percentage, right? Right. The higher the percentage, the like, higher likelihood you are. And it becomes habitual. The more you think positively, you know, everybody, I get people come to me all the time and they got a negative statement and I'm automatically rewiring it to go, nope, 
Or you could think about it this way. And people are like, gosh, dang you, Craig. <laughs> I'm like, no, just, just, just start the process. And, and by the time you're over with, you're getting unstuck and you're happier than you can be. Done. Yeah. Check. That's it. So I think, I, I think nothing else needs to be said on that. That's all that's that, yep. that, that finishing touch was solid. So, um, if you want to get a hold of Jeremy and I, performance on demand podcast at gmail.com, we'd love to hear from you. Also, G Mizzle, the G, yeah, yep, yep. Only, oh. only, you know, I heard this years ago, only G's have Gmail. I don't know if there's still G's in the world. I'm kind of out of that loop. Um, <laughs> Well, you, look like, you look like a pretty, uh, pretty good G over there. I'm pretty G'd up. I am. I am. Uh, yeah. G for Jeremy, but it's really not a G. It's a J. It could be Jeremy. GJ. That's that's a whole different podcast of my past transgressions <laughs> with my name. So we don't need to go there right now. Right. That'll, that'll, that'll get it flowing. Well, so. if, you, if you want to get a hold of us, because I'm shutting you down. If you want to get a hold of us, performance on a man uh, podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach Jeremy over there at moderatemultisport.com or me at u-discover.com. We would both love to have a conversation with you. If you want to get on the podcast, please let us know. We'd love to have you. Also, if you'd like us to get involved, uh, we've done some some uh, podcasting on air with groups of people, especially the pathetic group. Uh, we'd love to do that. that. Yeah, we'd love to do that. And uh, heck, heck, we'd even love to come out and see you or whatever. It doesn't matter. We can make it happen. We're setting up some of those for this year. Yes, so... Uh, give us a call if you need to, or I guess send us an email. We don't really, you can give us a call, but it's, there's no number, <laughs> but, uh, get a hold of Jeremy or I, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot. Everyone have a great one. Enjoy. Later. Later.